to positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Not God Bless America. God damn America. That's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God damn America for treating us citizens as less than human. God damn America. As long as she tries to act like she is God and she is supreme. Okay, so you got punched in the face? Yeah, I got punched in the face at an open mic. Please tell me what happened. I was talking to some comics out in the bar area, and we a uh, dude playing pool comes up to me, and he gets right in my face, and he puts his <coughs> hand on my chest, and he's like, move, I got to take my shot. And I'm like, I'll move, just don't touch me. And then It's he, reasonable. And then he grabs my arm, and he's like, you got to fucking move. And I pushed his hand off, and I'm like, dude, don't touch me. And then he's like, fuck you. And I'm like, fuck you. And then, boom, right in the face. Oh, so it had nothing to do with stand-up comedy? Nothing to do with stand-up. Oh, <laughs> oh what a disappointment. <laughs> Is it a bit? Yeah. <laughs> what? Eh, no. What's the, what's the bit? Well, you know. I got punched in the face. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't be roasting you. <laughs> yeah, how long have you been doing this impression of me? I, everyone does it. <laughs> Just the last three hours we've been here. <laughs> you and me both are people that every person you know does an impression of you. Mm. Not everyone tells you. They're all pretty accurate. Yeah. I mean, that that that's very hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't know what you're fucking talking about, yeah, Jake. See, I'm just telling you now so uh, it doesn't uh, all come crashing Just read about Antifall. Antifa. <laughs> um, hello. Welcome to Pod Damn America. I am Jake Flores. I have with me... Let's go around the room. Rog of Meta. Uh, David Spector. Anders Lee here. Okay, yeah. So we have David Spector in the house as a guest. Um, welcome. Uh, I, I saw something fucking awesome this week, guys. Really mm. lifted my spirits. I was biking around town, and a mail truck stopped in the middle of an intersection. Everyone got really mad at it. No one can get around with the mail truck, right? And I was about to get really pissed off. So I was like, why is this mail truck stopped just in the middle of fucking up traffic? And I look into the, like the, what are you, the cockpit of the, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Mail, it's like one of the, it's like the <laughs> window, Jake. <laughs> Jake just forgot the word window, everybody. <laughs> but it's, it's a mail truck. So it's like one of those, it's like you're 10 feet in the air, like that yeah. weird shit, like you're driving a UPS thing. Mm. You barely see this guy in there. And I just see him holding something and just cocking his head like real in a calculated fashion. A lot of cocks fashion. in the story already. And, uh, and then he just fucking whips this package at someone in the street and, uh, the car drives away, and he he just he just smacked another male person in the back of the head with <laughs> someone's mail. <laughs> and this woman's just like, oh, Carl! Like, they knew each other. It's my favorite shit ever. All right, welcome to the show. <laughs> uh, mail-a, yeah. Um, that is hey pretty guys. awesome when, like, bureaucrats are just, like, really awful to each other, and you're kind of, like, there. Like, I remember getting... I got picked up by a cab from the Albany bus station, mm -hmm. and the cab driver had a beef with one of the security people, 
And he, and he was, like, telling me, like, this guy claims to be a Navy SEAL. He's not a Navy SEAL. And so we did, like, a loop around the bus station, and he stopped and was like, hey, Navy SEALs don't look like garbage bags with legs. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy was like, you know what? Fuck you. And they're just, like, screaming, and I'm, like, in the back with my backpack, like, not sure what to do. Oh, I, I hope eventually our, our uh, Congress can just devolve into, like, what Parliament is, where they jump around and scream each other. Yes. There were wigs, and they, like, whip each other and shit. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. They we should have animals. roast battles in Congress by now. Like, fuck a state of the union. The people should just be roasting each other. We should have regular battles. They yeah. should fight yeah. and pro-wrestle each other and mm. shit. Um, speaking of uh, pro-wrestling, and um, I don't know how else to segue into this. The president's talking on TV right now. Who was once featured on... Pro wrestling. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and he, like, legit thought it was real, too. <laughs> like, he yeah. called them and it was like, I, I don't like that you did that to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, really? He was, like, Wait. worried. Like, yeah, he sounded like he thought the storyline was legit. Like, Wait. Like, I don't I don't remember, like, the specifics of it, but, like, I don't know. Like, he called up Vince McMahon. Yeah. And he was like, Stone Cold like, was too mean. He's like, I don't like that you said that to The Undertaker or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a little harsh. He's fucking so cool, man. He was just uh, blending the reality the the line or whatever. Yeah, There's, he was adding yeah. to the storyline. He's yeah, an yeah, artist. Yeah. yeah. Freddie then, Prince Jr. writes apparently for WWE, right? Doesn't uh, uh yeah. Oh, wait, Freddie Prince. Jr.? Freddie Prince Jr. That's what he re- he retired from acting in movies and now he writes for. It's like a I prestigious WWE. writing job because yeah. they have this shit where ever since like someone decided to break the third wall, they now have this meta thing going on in pro wrestling where like. The part of the writing is like tying in shit that happens in reality to the narrative in the story and stuff. It's like very Charlie Kaufman now. There's a great NPR episode about it. I'm not a wrestling nerd, by the way. I might be. Someone's probably screaming at their phone. Yeah. Right <laughs> it's, not, it's not what it's called, but uh, but that's like the basic tenet to it. It's really fun, actually. Um, I didn't ever watch the shit when I was a kid, so I don't, I'm not part of this weird like. 30 year old wrestling renaissance that's going on in comedy right now mm-hmm. but good for you guys I underst- I think I understand Patrice O'Neill used to write for the WWE I we were going to say he wrestled that'd be so funny <laughs> <laughs> that's how he died yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's diabetes he died in did, WWE did sumo wrestle what are you uh, talking about yeah yeah okay so this definitely happened Trump called Triple H <laughs> and was like worried about just, him. Just a be- hello Triple H. Yeah. Like that Are you sh- hello? <sighs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Triple H like went on Opie and Anthony. The story just gets better and better. More, more of the best of America in the story. But uh, yeah, he went on Opie and Anthony, and it was like, yeah, I think Trump thought it was fucking real. Cause it was all <laughs> stuff. Oh um, man, that rules. Yeah, uh, that's so good. Um. So the State of the Union is happening right now. Uh, we've got it on a screen. It's muted. You can pretty. Well, I mean, we don't need to. We know what's. What well, you can pretty much guess what the fuck he's talking about. Um, I hope he addresses the Stormy Daniels situation. That'd be so badass. <laughs> yeah. Just in the State of the Union. Uh, I'm I sure never we'll touch that bitch ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where he goes yeah. to the office, like, yeah, I do like to get spanked for porn stars, <laughs> and I'm in charge now. And then he just does it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My my prediction for this was that he would. This is my prediction for at some point before Trump's out of office. I bet he'll play a guitar. 
like behind the podium and try to lead us in a sing along. <laughs> That's what I. You think want he can play happen. guitar? No, I, I want to see him like attempt to, <laughs> <laughs> and then insist that it was good. That seems like it's in his wheelhouse. I you know, a similar thing. I thought he was just gonna devolve midway through the speech and just start quoting Slipknot lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> he did yeah. want to go to film school. He thought about it. Really? really? Yeah, but he decided to go to Wharton instead. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's like and he probably could have been, a f- like, you know, he was rich. He could have been a producer oh, or something. Man. Wow, he, he is like Hitler. Yeah. yeah. It's like Holy it's shit. Very on the nose. What, yeah. Do you well, think Hitler he... wanted to go to art school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What kind of movies do you think he would have made? <laughs> what? <laughs> Fucking Fast and the Furious. <laughs> he would have made the most badass, like, yeah. glamorous, excessive Michael Oh, yeah. He Bay. totally would have been Michael Bay, dude. It would about, yeah, it would be about billionaire, like, It heroes. would be Transformers with huge tits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The billionaire, he's like Transformers, but racist. (laughs) (laughs) Even more racist. Yeah. He Uh, would probably, if he had gone that route, though, he probably would have been Weinstein. Like, there's an alternate universe where Weinstein's president right now and Trump went down. Yeah. Something fun to think about. (laughs) Trump would be getting me too right now, huh? Um, So, one thing that's happening at the State of the Union that I think is kind of funny is uh, Randy Bryce, the guy who's running in Wisconsin, try to unseat Paul Ryan, who's a big uh, kind of Medicare for all lefty, cool iron stash. Great guy. Uh, Great campaign. Stash. Ad. Yeah. Um, he, I saw an article that was like, he, he, so he got invited to this. So he's sitting somewhere in there and he just like the angle of this article, which I think it was kind of bullshit because his quotes didn't really correlate with it, but they were like that. He's like <laughs> sitting in a, in a position to where he could just mean mug like Paul Ryan the whole time, not even Trump because he's trying to take down Paul Ryan mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And like you know, the Wisconsin elite were very distraught over it or whatever because um, he, he got brought in as a guest of some Wisconsin politician. Uh, but I think that's cool. I like him a lot. He's been yeah. flirting with the uh, liberals lately, which bums me out. But he seems like a cool guy. But then also, so we've got this happening, and then. Uh, in response to this, there are all these like fucking epic takedown responses from uh, various liberals and Democrats. Oh and shit. yeah, uh, namely the um, weird inbred, uh, gnarly, you know, pale, gingery um, Kennedy kid, young Conan uh, O'Brien. Yeah. yeah, somebody pointed out that he, <laughs> like the Kennedys, you can. There's this spike where they did really well until color television was a thing. Because <laughs> they're just so, that kid's so jarring to look at. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kenny won because he was on television, and now there's colored television. <laughs> they're all <laughs> fucked. Um, yeah, uh, the man looks good in silver. Ma- Maple ca- Cocaine had a great uh, tweet about it where it was like a political article. It was like, can Joe Kennedy beat the State of the Union curse? And he's just like, if there's one thing we know about Kennedys, <laughs> it's their immunity to curses. <laughs> <laughs> Something I have not – I mean, this is – Maybe more true in the Midwest, because I remember being kind of struck by this when I moved to New York, is there's, like, not as much of, like, uh, an ethnic identity among white people in the Midwest. You're just kind of white or you're not, whereas here it's, like, you know, you're Italian, Irish, Polish, all this stuff. Uh, But I will say that, like, Irish people, especially, like, old Irish people, like my mom's age, like, the Kennedys... Can do no wrong. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, like in Mini- in Minnesota and Wisconsin, like you're just Scandinavian, basically. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, 
Mm. Yeah, the Kennedys can do no wrong yeah. except the all the wrong they did. If have you want to upset wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so much. And even jo- like JFK was like, f- like would have gone into Vietnam. Like he was trying to go into Vietnam. Mm. If the whole Bay of Pigs thing, yeah. they s- like they keep saying like, oh, he didn't really want to do it. Pe- but like, who? C- I mean, well, that's something. RFK said after he was dead, and you can pretty much say anything you want about a dead guy. Like, yeah. You can't disprove it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If I've he had lived, it. he we would not romanticize him at all. He yeah. would just be some, yeah. like, schmuck. JFK's like Bill Hicks. Yeah. You know? <laughs> if he was still around, <laughs> he would not be what we imagined. <laughs> yeah, he would be Alex Jones right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, hell yeah, he still is alive. <laughs> um, yeah, no, a lot of, I, I know a lot of old people that have that weird... Kennedy thing, old Catholics. Most shit. liberals, Kennedy. Deal. Yeah, yeah. You know, I understand like idolizing Bobby Kennedy or some shit like that. Well, I mean, even there, it's the history is more complicated. He mm-hmm. w- he didn't. I mean, he did. He had some really amazing speeches, but he was also very conservative on stuff. It was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He and he started attacking leftists because like he thought that would win him the primary. It wasn't mm-hmm. like he. Uh, I'm saying what I'm saying is uh, you're shitting on a dead her. man. That's what you're doing, Inspector. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad he's got assassinated, and I think it's a good thing. <laughs> I'm still imagining him as Bill Hicks, just like smoking a cigarette out there and shit, and just like screaming like I have the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> All these old people are like, oh, he's uh, so good. They won't put me on Letterman. <laughs> yeah. JFK's too edgy for Letterman. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! It's a different time back then. That was edgy. Yeah. Uh, not like now, where you got to take a shit on stage or whatever, no, you know. Yeah. Gigi Allen already did that. Um, what is edgy in comedy right now? I feel like we turned everything topsy turvy upside down, and you know. Where now, if you give the liberal perspective, that's like the mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. But even also giving a conservative perspective is kind of mainstream too. Where maybe you could attack both sides, which is also my least favorite kind of comedy. Yeah. I don't uh, like any yeah. comedy anymore. It's <laughs> yeah. all so like, yeah. No, th- there's no edge anymore, man, because like there's just no shock value to anything because we're we're inundated with we consume so much entertainment. and We're so overstimulated. Like what's really going to shock us at this point? Well, isn't it also like where. We've already seen everything that would be shocking to us. Like if we were Yeah, we've seen Goatsy. Yeah, we've seen yeah. Goatsy. Like yeah. if I were a kid watching George Carlin for the first time, I would still probably be like, "Oh my god, this yeah. is so out there." Yeah, yeah. And if like I when I started comedy, like Jessamick was a big thing. And like sure it was like edgy, but it was like, "Well, these jokes don't offend me at all." It's just like, oh, this is just funny comedy. But I don't really get offended. Like, do you ever get offended by jokes? No. I mean, that impression of me thing is uh, cut pretty deep. But other <laughs> yeah, than that, I'm glad it did. Wouldn't We'd like to make the guests feel vulnerable <laughs> as like, soon as they enter the room. That's how, that's how hard you need to cut, though, to offend someone like us. Literally, like, the comedian in the screen would have to turn and look directly into your eyes and start doing an impression of you. Yeah. <laughs> Like Chappelle just in <laughs> yeah, his yeah. special. <laughs> it's not about your race. It's just you. <laughs> you? Uh, I don't know. I've seen like a lot of people do hacky like Indian stuff, but I wasn't like, oh, I'm so offended. I was just like, this is lame. Yeah. Like I, because like most comedy, like if you do stand up long enough, most of it becomes very boring, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you just watch the same stuff over and over again. You recognize the same like six or seven forms of stand up comedy, mm. and then you'd like after that like you just you don't really get offended as much as you're like 
offended by how maybe hack it is or how like aggressively unoriginal it is. I mean, the closest I've ever gotten to being offended is when like a comic will just like make someone really uncomfortable and then I'm like it's still not like quite being offended but I, re- I remember thinking like there's somebody who had this he would open his bit with like hey is anybody here giving up a child for adoption and like I could imagine like someone I knew who had done that mm-hmm. like being there and just like raising their hand is like how would that go like maybe he, w- he could turn it into something really hilarious but probably not. But you is, know? It, is his goal with that to like make someone uncomfortable, or is the goal with that knowing that that's an inappropriate question to ask like an audience, and like that's the, what the humor he was going for? Well, me, yeah, but it's like people probably even if that is true, most people wouldn't respond to it, you know. Yeah, like but if, if somebody does and he's not prepared for that, then I think it's like kind of a well, pointless joke. But is like, are you offended by that though? Yeah. The I'm not offended. Of being by offended it. is really interesting. Yeah, because like. There's this old blog, this kind of like Internet 1.0 blog that was kind of famous for a while called What uh, Stuff White People Like. Mm. It was really good. Every month it was like, you know, pea coats or like something really kind of trenchant and cultural like that. That was like pre-woke, right? Mm. Yeah. Pre-woke culture. It is pre-woke because one of the best like in the culminating uh, posts they did was, um, you know, stuff white people like you chapter fucking whatever mm. uh being offended yeah. it was a really funny article it was oh like that's the, funny the 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 photo was you know somebody with their hand over their mouth you know like oh you know yeah and uh it sort of explored the concept of being like performatively offended that that's mm. the original i want to speak to your manager joke yeah which is like the hack i'm a white lady joke yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like that's the if you go to any bushwick show you will see that joke every other show oh guarantee yeah. you yeah yeah yeah, uh, I like uh, I've, been, I've seen stuff that like made me mad and stuff. Well, one time before I started comedy, I was in the audience and I looked like this. I had a beard and the comedian on stage who was a comedian I ended up working with years mm. later opening for Bill Cosby. Yeah, yeah, looked, <laughs> yeah, personal hero of mine <laughs> looked at me and was like, hey, brother, did, he's a white guy. Yeah. He's like, hey, brother, did you drive a cab here? Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, come on, man. And yeah. like, I just thought it was like lame and stupid. And I was like, just get on with your joke. And he could tell I was not playing along. Mm. And uh, what happened was a bunch of his friends were in the audience, like friends from high school and stuff. And he's like in his 30s and like he is he's like not a bad dude, but he I could tell he felt bad about saying that. Yeah. And so he kept turning back to me. And he's like, oh, you're so <laughs> pissed at me right now. So this is how, you know, he's not a very good comedian. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but he's like, you're so pissed. I'm like, but yeah, it sucked. But like, keep doing your act. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. And um, Rogoff, did you drive a cab there? <laughs> <laughs> well, I drove an Uber there. But uh, <laughs> no, this is pre-Uber. Road but, uh, for some people. This is also in Minneapolis where most of the cab drivers are Somali, not Indian or Arab or Muslim. Mm, but yeah, like yeah. Uh, which was a nuance I didn't get into. He should have said that racist joke at a Somali. Person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who was sitting right next to me. But uh, uh, no. And then like what happened was he kept interrupting his own set to talk about how bad he felt and then his audience started getting mad at me for <laughs> being offended and literally some oh, fucking man. asshole from st cloud yells at me and said why'd you come to a comedy show if you don't have a sense of humor i'm like all right i'm out of here oh i had to God. leave this comedy oh, show Jesus. first yeah. time i got heckled was before i ever did comedy <laughs> yeah so that's the other side of shit i guess my point here is i think that there's not at the center of all this there's not really a person being deeply offended there's just like 
this shitty person on one side that thinks of it all in one way, and then these shitty people on the other side that are like, oh, triggered lib or whatever. Yeah. It's just sort of this yeah. thing that wraps around like a zero point and like nothing really exists in the middle that we all are basing the arguments on or something. Well, um, like I don't the, know. The super, super woke, con- like at least in the open mic scene, woke comics who are trying to police everybody's jokes, and then the super other side edgy comedians who just say hate speech like they're kind of the same person because all they're trying to do is like affect the world with their comedy they're totally yeah. two sides of the same coin i mean they're both fucking hall monitors dude yeah, That's yeah what they yeah. are they're I fucking cops at really comedy think shows. the fucking i mean whatever i'll go about go on about this in another episode or whatever but like the, the i just ideology of the identity politics shit and mm-hmm. the you know the 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 I'm injured socially by this thing, and then also like the people that that are alt right and you know yeah. white supremacists kind of are working on the same things. I, before we get out of this, I want to the one joke I've been maybe I would use the word offended by in the last year or so of doing comedy was I saw a comic on stage do a bit. Let me walk you through why I'm like offended by it. I don't not uh, offensive is maybe not the word, but there was this. Um, this woman, this white woman who was doing a joke about how her father worked in Texas and her job, his jobs kept getting stolen by Mexicans. And that was pretty much the whole of the joke. Mm-hmm. So my brain exploded because I was watching it and I like five things happened. I was like, whoa, like this. I is- was one of the Mexicans. <laughs> 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 I stole her dad's job. <laughs> That felt great. <laughs> Stop making fun of me. It's the best thing ever happened to me. It's no, the no. only way I can come. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I, what bothered me is I was like, oh, this person's getting away with saying this, mm-hmm. and they're also like probably welcomed into the New York comedy scene as being kind of woke and shit yeah. and liberal. It's also like there's hypocrisy there. Mm-hmm. The other part of me that was really annoyed by it was like, this is just a racist statement. Yeah. And I... It, like I personally have stock in that thing that you're talking about, so it's a little annoying. But if you made it funny enough, like I listen to Come Town and shit, if you yeah. made it funny enough, I would be totally on board. Yeah. So I was offended on like a comedic level. Yeah. To a point where I was like, just like make it funny, but you seem like you actually believe this. So the more, the less funny it is, the less ingest it is, and the less like ironic it is. It sounds like you're actually just saying that you believe that Mexicans steal jobs, and that's like. Unsettling. Yeah, well, I don't know if the words. I know, I know what you mean. Uh, sorry, but so, no, go ahead. No, like uh, there's a lot of feminist comedians who will do jokes about catcalling, and when they do the voice of the catcaller, they always do like a black voice, right? Like, stereo, like an Amos and so Andy that's why it bothered me, is because like yeah. if it's couched in that like you know I am being downtrodden on like point of view, yeah. and it's racist. It sounds like you're just being racist. It's like a side yeah. way in where they can be racist, but like it from a feminist perspective. But if you were like yeah. over the top, like being a dick about it, I'd be like, that's just hilarious. Oh, I, yeah. I do think exactly. though, with like, uh, I mean, I don't think I actually don't think there's anything wrong with pushing your ideology through like comedy or whatever. Mm. But if you actually take things like race, racial justice, and like sexual equality seriously. Then we the way we have to move forward is going to be contradictory. It's going to be messy, you know. If you actually want to make that stuff funny, then you're going to have to like do stuff that's uncomfortable. You know, I think about all the time. Mm-hmm. What if Raghav called David a filthy Jew? Like, mm-hmm. how am I supposed to act like that? Yeah, you know? yeah. That's like hilarious. what do I do? Like times. What like do white people did. do when yeah. different races <laughs> are? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, 
Yeah, wh- the contradictions. I have one yeah. more example. Uh, but the only thing, the, the problem I have is uh, about if you make it funny enough, then do it. But the problem is most people aren't very funny. Yeah. So yeah. then a bunch of shitty people do it. But right. the yeah. funny, the best thing that happened to me when I was doing com- last year, I was doing comedy in Minneapolis. Is I used to perform at this club, and I matched with some girl on Tinder, and she messaged me, and she's like, "Hey, are you a comedian?" I'm like, "Yeah." It's like, "Were you at so and so club oh, yeah. on Thursday?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, I was." And it's like, "Oh, I remember you. You were the guy doing gross jokes about how women <laughs> on Tinder are like whales you have to harpoon." Whoa! And I'm like, "That's meta, dude. That's like a yeah, rog of meta." But no, yeah. uh, and I was like, "No." That wasn't me. And then I thought about it. I'm like, oh, that was another brown comedian. So she messaged me. She's like, yeah, I found that uh, objectifying and disgusting. And I was like, you have me confused with this brown comedian who I, I sent her a picture of, <laughs> which, quite frankly, I find objectifying and disgusting. <laughs> and, I, and, I t- and I took a screenshot of it <laughs> and showed all my friends, and then by that time she had unmatched me. <laughs> she even apologized. She just fucking unmatched oh, me. And of, course, and of course she was a white girl. Yes. Yeah. It's like yeah. a kaleidoscope. It was mm. amazing, yeah. That had so many layers. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. She was hot though. It sucked. Mind. Oh my god! <laughs> I had a roommate who I got him. Uh, you know the Jada Kiss song "Why"? Yeah. Oh he hell yeah! That uh, he's like. How do you know that song? <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> I had a roommate the who was the whitest person I've ever seen. <laughs> well, I had a it's roommate not a great at the time song, who was but sure. It. It's all right. <laughs> the bush to knock down the towers part's pretty funny, but he, <laughs> yeah. there's a part in the song where he's like true. leading a march and he has uh, a shirt that just says "Why" on it. And my roommate like wanted that shirt, so I just like got him that font and a shirt for his birthday once. And he made it his Tinder profile picture and like photoshopped himself into the video. And of course, he matched with some girl who was like, "You're putting your you're photoshopping yourself in front of a Black Lives Matter protest. <laughs> That's problematic as fuck." <laughs> wow, that's why he did it. Yeah. Um. Okay. I once uh, before we move on, I took a girl to the cellar and uh, the comedy cellar. Her cellar, yeah. his Sorry, cellar. Yeah, 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 to my cellar. <laughs> Please clarify, David. I am a murderer. This is where <laughs> David confesses. <laughs> no, true crime. I took her to the comedy cellar and they asked us, "Hey, do you want to sit up front?" And before I could like be like, "No," she was like, "Oh yeah, let's sit up front." So Artie Fuqua is hosting and he does crowd work with us, and then he's like, "Uh." Are you guys on a date? And it was like, yeah. And he goes, what date? And it was like, it's her third date. And then he just pantomimes me fucking her on stage. <laughs> cool. Oh, and no. that was the last time I ever saw this woman. Yeah, of course. Had you had sex yet? <laughs> no. No. Can I ask a question? And he was like, that's how he's going to fuck me? Yeah. <laughs> Why is New York comedy, especially the club scene, so hell-bent on asking people in the front row if they're on a date? What the fuck is that? I mean, it's just they're... They push crowd work, and that's what you ask when you do crowd yeah. work, I guess. I yeah. think it's just what you think you're supposed to ask. Like, what do you do? Are you on a date? Because um, you're going to get uncomfortable answers, yeah. and that will lead to tension that you can break, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I've just never seen it, like, really crush. Oh, like, I see a crush all the time. I see a crush, And it yeah. sucks. No. I hate it. It's like a thing where, like, hosts – it's like the host is expected to do crowd work here. Mm, and it, like, yeah. kind of drives me nuts. I just – what I see is – I mean, uh, this is probably just because I'm doing all these bar shows and shit – is that I see, like, tw- like, ten comics in a row come through a show. None of them watch the show. Mm. So they all go up, and they all ask the, same, the same couple, yeah. are you on a date? And then the answer is, like, yes. And they're like, uh, Tinder? 
and then it just kind of pit, pit, like pitters out from there. Yeah, you would think that I don't know. I I'm not gonna fucking go in on this that hard, but um, this it's just something new. Just do material. What's wrong with material? I don't yeah. Know. Um, I think we were just talking about what's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, I do man. Remember, I, I will, just hate comedy. <laughs> I will say, I remember seeing uh, Sean Donnelly once, and he was doing crowd work, like, and he accidentally said something like kind of problematic or offensive or whatever, and everybody got really uncomfortable. And his response, he was just like, oh, did I say just say something racist? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and it, like, won everyone back. Yeah. He just, like, owned up to it really quickly. Well, yeah, I mean, as a comedian, you're supposed to be, like, a self- professed idiot yeah yeah that's the fucking problem is that we Mm -hmm. came up with this like weird liberal like i concept of like comedians are like modern day philosophers it's like they're fucking drug addicts (laughs) that don't have jobs like why are you putting too much pressure on these people that's why you're so furious when they say something you know offensive or whatever because they're they're philosophers in that like the public can name four of them that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all uh, molesting children. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. yeah, yeah. For sure. Part. Just like the Not other. all of us right have now. sellers. All right. <laughs> 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 all right. What's in the news? All right. Yeah, let's get into it. Enough comedy bullshit. Um, Jeremy Corbyn. Woo. Yeah. The Jezza. boy. The boy over in uh, across the pond um, is. I'm not sure if I read this correctly. He's planning on uh, basically Buying houses for tons and well, tons. Well, he wants to. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, the whole thing is, well, you know, when I become prime minister or whatever. Um, but he's proposing this whole thing where he's buying, like, tons and tons of houses for the uh, massive amount of uh, homeless people in the mm. U.K. Um, he's, uh... Okay, how do I tie this into this? Um, does anyone have the, the article up in front of them? I have Telegraph article. Let's do it. About... Well, see, when I read the headline, it sounded like the Labor Party would buy the head- houses, which would sure. be really cool. What if they just started doing shit before they even took office to prepare the masses? It sounds like they're trying to they're trying to Bernie bro Corbin now. Because uh, did you the story that came out earlier today is the Labor Council leader quits after sexism and bullying by Jeremy Corbyn supporters, and I don't want to I don't want to say you know deny that maybe that happened to mm. her and that's unfortunate and that should be taken seriously mm. but i definitely see like a trend in uk politics trying to well, make part yeah. of, to be fair if you have a house full of homeless people there's gonna be some <laughs> 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 they just didn't learn the pc rules dude part of it too is that corbin corbin's rise happened uh almost exclusively through the internet like that's ex- that's almost exclusively where his good press and his good media came in like his the newspapers, even the very progressive newspapers like The Guardian, hated him. They did not write anything nice about him. The, the BBC was, like, co- completely trashing him. So the only his only activity his supporters are going to, like, be able to mediate information through is, like, Twitter and social media. And, of course, you're going to have a lot of trolls. Oh, one of the Gallagher brothers from Oasis was like, fuck Jeremy Corbyn. He's a communist. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that J.K. Rowling's whole thing? Like, she hates him? She, yeah. yeah, was she told she's people a, to she's vote? new labor? Was she told people to vote for the Tories, right? Lib Dems, yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah. Well, she was part. kind of like a uh, like a British version of a neoliberalist, in which a lot of her her arguments were like it's it's too risky and mm. like uh, oh the kids are gonna fuck up this election. Oh, she's or like the Joanne Reed of uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's which is uh, weird because their centrist. elections don't like work the same way as ours. They're much yeah. more free to take risks on stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and so. it's like surprise, surprise. 
the lady who wrote Harry Potter has childish views about politics. Yeah, yeah no mm-hmm. shit. And she's also, um, you know, it also tells you something about the fact that she's she's so fucking rich and yeah. speaks the same way that rich assholes speak in over here on our yeah. side of the pond, regardless of way, the way that the actual like primaries and shit like that break down. So it really kind of it's to me it serves as evidence that like these people don't actually believe the things they're saying they actually have financial interests and do you think the people who are like liberals like even liberals we know that like support this bullshit like support joanne reed even there's something like retweet or like retweet do you think it's because they think they're just going to be rich one day like everyone that old american uh ideology where it's like well i'm not Poor people don't think they're poor because they're just they, they think, think of themselves it's, as it's rich like, people that aren't rich. Yet. It's yeah. like yeah. the Kennedys. It's like like maybe they might not reach that status, but they'll still feel some t- sort of communion with these people. I don't know. I think of it in like kind of a twofold because it, on some level there is that temporarily embarrassed millionaire thing. I think like there are people that. Uh, Think of it in terms of uh, all this stuff's going to work out for them. And those people, a lot of the times, you know, either they're upper class, like, secretly. Like, you see that a lot in, like, fucking New York comedy scene or just this, in New York in general. Yeah. Like, there's just a lot of secret rich people, oh, you yeah. know, who, like, their politics are informed because they're like, no, I am going to be rich. And yeah. they uh, probably are. Yeah, or yeah. you got people that are super poor that also are like, oh, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to slip at the Walmart or whatever. And that's well, yeah. kind of the same thing. It's- but. I, but I also, like, I think that some of this shit has to do with something much larger than that that's, like, psychological. Because, mm-hmm. like, I – the reason that some of this, so much of this, like, crazy leftist thought is so appealing to me is because mm-hmm. there was a time in my life when I was completely brainwashed, like, kind of gelled over and, like, mm-hmm. just was uninformed and really, really convinced – especially by Texas where I was living, that, like, th- this stuff is outlandish and yeah. impossible and and risky and yeah. will cost you the election and yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's where all this thought comes from or whatever. Yeah. So, like, I don't, when I look at people going crazy on Twitter that are, like, retweeting J.K. Rowling, I'm not certain that they're, like, ideologically, you know, uh, informed and really into neoliberalism. I think they're just, like, freaking the fuck out. And this is, you know, someone they can look to as, like, a, a leader. Yeah, I definitely think that's a thing. I think a, I think it's, like, a slippery slope where people work under the assumption that far-left stuff can't work. Yeah. And then once they start saying that, they kind of, over time, become conservative. Like, yeah. I've, I've uh, had talked to, like, a few Hillary Clinton supporters who are just making right-wing arguments against this stuff, where— it's kind of, and it's not the case. I mean, I understand like why after uh, two terms of Reagan and then one term of George H. W. Bush that Bill Clinton's new democratic politics seemed appealing, but mm-hmm. it's like in practice it hasn't worked that well. No, 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 no. Yeah, it, it, it was just an extension either. of trickle down. And also, a lot of the people who were saying single payer will never happen are the people fucking being like, yeah, hell yeah, Kamala Harris. When yeah. that that is in. A direct opposition to whatever the fuck they were pledging for months mm-hmm. ago. But the other thing, I want to Kamala Harris, who just came out for single payer. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. co-sponsoring yep. the sure, bill, yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. Uh, and who knows if she'll actually she support it? Right. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she probably <laughs> won't support it. But still, like yeah. that symbolism is like valuable in yeah. some short-term way. But the other thing about um, tying into my earlier point about these people think they're going to be like, 
I have a lot of friends, like minority friends, who like care about like shit about like the Grammys and like POCs yeah. winning the Grammy. And like I get that like representation is important. I'm not like mm. you're a fucking idiot if you don't think it's at least important. Mm. But to think that that's like a mark of real progress yeah. is crazy to me. Cause and but I, I think don't know, about I think Apu and the Simpsons did a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> uh, well, we got that great documentary. Out. Yeah, but, uh, I have a documentary too. It's called My Solution. Apu, <laughs> <laughs> voiced by me. So it's like not problematic anymore. It's just a poo, but my voice just talking like a dude who grew up in Minnesota. But uh, well, no. that, that thing with like the Grammys, you know, oh representation of the Grammys and stuff. It's really kind of a bummer because it. These people are obsessed with the the symptoms and not the disease. So exactly, yeah. if we have representation in the Grammys, then that's just a way of make believing that mm. that the symptom it's trickle is, down uh, representation and uh, part the of it. Must I have be a theory. Also, these same people will freak out at Kanye when he like will go on the stage and call out the awards show for uh you know uh be you know in it. For not, like, giving Beyonce a Grammy. Yeah, yeah. which is like, oh, you if this matters so much to you, why are you against the one guy who's doing anything about it? Yeah, and he did it because Beyonce had the best album that year. Yeah, Yeah, or he thought that. Uh, I I mean, art is subjective, but... Yeah, exactly. But, like, uh, and my theory is a lot of these people... I still think the Bloodhound King got robbed. (laughs) (laughs) Don't... uh, I got a little theory about these people don't care about equality. They just want a seat at the table. And they're mm. hoping in the back of their mind that that will trickle down to the masses. Well, that's but the that's never worked. That's never worked. Trick the devil ever played. Yeah. 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 Like it's the you know instead of fixing the whole fucking thing, the solution is giving you a seat at the table or whatever. Yeah. That's why everyone in America. That's that whole you know temporarily embarrassed millionaires thing or whatever. Yeah. The, the idea is well, you individually. You know that that's why identity politics sucks because the the concept of identity politics is you as an individual. And it's very anti-collective action or whatever. So well, when we see other people as individuals achieving something by a, getting a Grammy or whatever, then that's just like somehow vaguely justice for you too, because you can too or whatever. Ca- like, counter is I think identity politics good, but the way it's weaponized by Democrats in that if we just get a black, you know, congressman or president in. Like, this will have a net effect on the larger population. I know what you mean, and I think I've had this conversation with you probably before. Probably. But I – and I, I think you're but right. But they think that's enough, and that's well, the problem. I think you're right, and I think that that – but you're right about the fact that because – so that whole cognitive dissonance there you just described at the end is so pervasive in American society that we've re- – it's like we can't go back. Like, now identity politics is this festering thing because – it's caused a rift and it's been weaponized and it, we it's, it's like really hard to just be like yeah it's it, we need it but also economic shit like well, now I think it, on it's also other. like coming to terms with these things these identities don't have to be fixed and that they are constantly in flux and changing and that they are holding us back and they're not necessarily things we should cling to and try to strengthen our stake in well it, it's also a way uh, I get what you mean by it's anti-collective action, but it's also di- a kind of a diversion from class-based uh, collective action, where now you're thinking of yourself as part of a larger group that's like your gender or, uh, you know, things like that. Like, I have a lot of friends 
I have uh, I am friends with women who are very hardcore Hillary Clinton, and I'm friends with women who are very hardcore Bernie Sanders. Like that's impossible. They don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the dividing line was always if they. Grew oh, you mean up women who are hardcore Trump? <laughs> They're basically the same. Mm. Well, hardcore Trump is actually my Pornhub search. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dividing line between them. Mine's hardcore Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Just like an old dude getting an STD. <laughs> when you join the DSA, there's several hours of Bernie Sanders-based porn you have to watch. Yeah, that's what's kept people from joining. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it's like MK Ultra. Like <laughs> strap you into a chair. <laughs> But yeah, the the dividing line was always class. It would always be if uh, my friend, she didn't grow up with money, she would be very hardcore Bernie. And if you grow up upper middle class or rich, and you're a white woman, uh, also race should be, then you're really your only kind of like barriers, aside from the awful shit that all women have to deal with, it's just kind of like not being promoted as highly as you want in your corporate structure. Like it's a totally different. So having that kind of uh, symbolic representation would, would benefit them. Yeah. But it's also like not it doesn't really affect the rest of the country. It's no. Not well, something that doesn't yeah. have an effect benefiting you is kind of a symptom of you not having a problem to begin with. It, yeah. You know, that's a good point. Or at least not understanding the problem. Because, mm. I mean, we're all even even people that are kind of considered like well off in America are still still fucked. Still a struggling. Bit, yeah. You know, still the, paying buried on their medical bills or something. Yeah. yeah like they, yeah, they just it's like it's it. not. It's like they're right about one thing, but they're wrong about the other, thinking that's enough. Well, that's, that's, yeah. that's how I feel about it. That's also an interesting thing is, like, there's the poor people who think that they're just, like, uh, the temporary embarrassed millionaires thing. But there's also the fact that no rich person think that thinks of themselves as rich. Everybody always feels like money's tight. They, yeah, they American think of themselves thing, they just need more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Koch brothers are just, like, need more. It's <laughs> fucking crazy. What are they doing? What do they want? <laughs> Just build a golden blimp and fly it into the sun. <laughs> We're tired of being the Coke brothers. We want to be the fentanyl brothers now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's where the money is. I, I said this earlier, but I, I there needs to be a lefty uh, counter, like a pack to them that's just called the Woke Brothers. W O C H. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are like, who are the I tried it on Twitter. It did not work. The Wachowski sisters. They are not siblings. Wachowski siblings. Yeah, yeah, That's woke. Shout out. Are they both trans women now? I think just yeah. one. I Wait, they're both? both? No, they're no, no, both. No, no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're both they, trans. They, they yeah. like staggered Shut it me through up. 10 of those Matrix movies, but they're both fully transitioned now, I think. Yeah. Which is nuts. I've never mm. heard of anything like that. Yeah. Um, completely bananas. So uh, yeah. I, I want to talk about that Corbin stuff because it relates to this article that I found today about a bunch of squatters who took over this big house in London. Um, and are just using it as a homeless shelter, I guess, until maybe all this Labor Party stuff comes into place. But um, I'll read from it right now. A veteran group of squatters has occupied an empty 15 million euro central London property purchased by a Russian oligarch in 2014 and opened it as a homeless shelter. The extensive five-story grade two listed Eaton Square property was bought by Andre... Holy shit, hold on. Uh, Andre Gon... Goncharenko, okay, a uh, little-known oligarch who was, who was bought, <laughs> his name. Just your humble run-of-the-mill. <laughs> yeah. A little-known oligarch <laughs> <laughs> who has bought a number of luxury properties in London in recent years. So some crazy rich Russian oligarch bought this, like, historical building. The squatters, autonomous nation of anarchist libertarians known as 
anal autonomous <laughs> notification of anarchist <laughs> libertarians who uh, made their their acronym a joke. <laughs> Uh, said they entered the building through an open window on t- the 23rd of January and have accommodated about 25 homeless people so far, many of whom have been sleeping uh, rough around Victoria Station. And the rest of the article is a bunch of pictures of them that look like um, the Breakfast Club, but with crusties. Half of them have masks on. It's very cute. Well, those were the kind of libertarians I like, where it kind of what that used to be like, where it's just like, let's just fix shit on our own. And they went and did it. Like, a you know, libertarian of the United States would just like ki- argue that we should be killing homeless people for fun, and why yeah. can't the government stop us? Yeah, libertarian's a real dirty word, and like in America right now, and rightly so. But there's a completely other libertarian ideology that has to do with anarchism. That's kind yeah. of like left wing. Mm, exactly. It's yeah. just that. Um, you know, it makes us think of like goatees and shit over <laughs> here, <laughs> <laughs> fucking swords and stuff, and reptiles. So, uh, this intercept article was covered on Chapo, which probably people at this point listen to this podcast or listen to. So, yeah. we won't go directly into it and cover the whole thing. But you said there was something, some humorous things about <laughs> <it>. <laughs> some they left stuff. out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, as they talked about, like the. Democrats and, you know, as we were discussing earlier, like people who are centrists and convince themselves into being conservatives sometimes like the the actual strategists and people who are in charge of pulling the strings don't actually care that much about winning, which is the thing they always say that we need to focus on as an excuse to, like, uh, take the legs out from under the left. Um, So like Emmanuel. Um, in 2006 is credited for like this wave election in in the uh, in the midterms back then mm. but uh, it there's a lot of evidence showing that it probably would have gone that way anyway and would actually they would have even picked up more seats would have been bigger if they didn't focus on the conservative Democrats yeah and yeah and also Howard Dean was there and he the 50 right. state strategy was his idea yeah twas um, but there is there was a little red state by the name of Tennessee where there uh, was a person running for office named Steve Cohen, Mm. who, um, and this is quoting from the article, uh, much to Emanuel's displeasure, Cohen ran a far-to-left campaign in 2006 and won a Memphis district, a white man in a minority-majority district. He was presumed to be a one-termer and drew a well-funded challenger in 2008, Nikki Tinker. She won endorsements of Emily's List, yada, yada. Uh, Cohen suspected that Emmanuel was working against him but had no firm evidence until one day he was having breakfast at the bar at Bistro B, a Washington restaurant, after Tinker had announced her bid. He saw Tinker in the restaurant and then he saw Emmanuel. Rom came in and walked around and saw me and danced around like doing a pirouette, <laughs> like he had to pee or something, <laughs> dancing on his toes, said Cohen, describing the jittery reaction of the Chicago Pole who had famously studied ballet as a young man. So Rob Emanuel told this guy, oh, I'm not working with your opponent, yeah. and then walked into a restaurant, like, sitcom style. And was <laughs> like, oh, I'm just dancing through here right now. <laughs> yeah. Like and this Urkel had two different dates at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this is, by the way, in 2008. Mm. So this is after Cohen had already won and was an, inc- an incumbent at this point. So he was working on a primary challenge. Like to to the to unseat an incumbent. Like yeah. he does not. He's ideological. This is an ideology. Oh yeah. Like he cares just as much about you know, 
the the you know his ideology as anyone else. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I want to fight Rahm Emanuel so bad. I mean, yeah. when you told uh, when you started telling me about this uh, case and you said, "Oh, he's a Jewish congressman," I'm like, "This isn't gonna end well." <laughs> 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 yeah. Well, th- let's 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 look at some of the shit they because they ran a campaign, and this is the one. Uh, Emmanuel was behind. Who is um, of the Semitic people, I believe? Uh, Yeah, he's Jewish. Yeah, but they ran a campaign against Steve Cohen where they handed out flyers that said, Cohen and the Jews hate Jesus and called upon black Christians to support one black Christian and oppose this opponent of Christ in Christianity. You know what this reminds me of? Do you remember that um, that guy that was running for office in like Long Island last year or something? That oh, was just the, like, it was like Jewish landlords. Oh, the Jew yeah. landlords. Oh, gonna, yeah, yeah, they're yeah. coming. We're gonna kill. We're gonna, gonna get rid of the Jew landlords. Yeah, he, like just unironically. And released. they had yeah. to convince him to take that out of his <laughs> campaign message. Whatever happened to him? Do what? Uh, yeah, I think he's like the president. I hope of so. New York I can't now. stand my fucking Jew landlord. <laughs> he's the president of Long Island. Yeah, <laughs> he's the president of Long Island. Because if you could say so many nasty things about landlords, and I would be a hundred ten percent on board. But then yeah. you bring the religion. Into yeah, it. we're gonna have a checkers on every block. <laughs> it's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So that's fucking crazy. Um, I'm sure no one will believe that that's uh, real, though. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, like what you said, everything they uh, they fault the left for, like, oh, you can't primary an incumbent. They just do themselves. Yeah, they just did that. Yeah, capriciously. Yeah, and uh, fuck them. And they're they're like gonna lose, you know? Like we're, I mean, twenty eighteen looks like it's gonna be a little wave, not a tidal wave, like a little, I know, a wave you can body surf on. Well, it's going to be split down this ideological difference, right? Because we still have all these people, these like sort of mainstream Democrats that yeah. are like, the strategy is to peel off these racists and get them to vote for us by being racist. You know, meanwhile, like there's, you know, just a clear alternative, which is this sort of Bernie-esque leftism where you can peel off people that didn't vote. Yeah. You don't have to court the worst people in America, <laughs> the f- fucking 25% or whatever that voted Republican. Like, there's this yeah. whole other 50% of people that don't vote. Well, uh, it's also funny how much deliberation goes on into the, and then, like, and it just turns into navel-gazing. Like, with the the Joe Kennedy thing, think of how many consultants they went through for the State of Union response. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end, they're just like, fuck it, just give it to this show. It's because he looks like a better-looking Trump. It's well, because <laughs> Trump is orange, you know what he, and you know, he's orange, so he'll peel off some you, of the people that voted for Trump because you know what he's I, orange. America um, wants a new Trump acquitting, and they want it now. <laughs> so the arguments people are making is that, oh, this is the Democrats introducing new people into the part, and, and not new at all. That yeah. You know, just because... The dude graduated from Harvard from 2009, actually, which he's new in the sense that he's new to electoral politics or mainstream politics. But the fact is, like, they probably went through a bunch of people and they just settled on this motherfucker because he has a familiar name. Also, can you imagine after all that's happened, being a Kennedy and still going into politics? Yeah, right. You're the one who's not going to get fucking (laughs) well. (laughs) Well, that guy's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> we were watching his DNC speech. What was the word that he was talking? Because he apparently was a student. Oh, of- God. It's so funny. So yeah. he uh, he introduced Liz Warren at the DN- 2016 DNC. 
and he's trying so hard to sell it. He's trying to be so folksy, and he's not. And apparently, he was a student in uh, Elizabeth Warren's uh, uh, law, law class. Yeah, whatever. And uh, she was a professor, and he was sitting in the front, and he was like, "Hey, what?" She was looked at him and was like, "What is the definition of the uh, word assumption?" I think something or something. Yeah, yeah. It's something. It started stopped with an. Start stopped with. It's a weird word. But we like watch. It's a word. It's a weird word. And there are two things that's really funny about that. Is like that was his like example of like adversity. He had to like. That was like his source of inspiration for the speech. Is like, well, one time I was in a class with her and she made me feel stupid. It sounds like how R. Kelly would refer to sex. Like I'm gonna give. Give you a little of something, something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, uh, it's like uh, one time I was hanging out. When I moved here, I was, like, real depressed and stuff. And uh, my sister works in finance, and she's a lovely person. But she's got a lot of finance bro friends. And I was, like, mm. having a hard week. And I was talking to one of her, like, girlfriends. And she's like, you know, it was really hard for me when I moved here, too. And this, like, this person is, like, works for a hedge fund and really sucks. And she's like, and I had just like lost my job and it was like broke. And she's like, yeah, it was really hard for me when I were, were, came here too. Like one day I was leaving my job and it just started raining and I didn't have my umbrella and I just had to run to find a cab. And I'm like, this is what you're fucking, this is like what they think adversity is. <laughs> yeah. I meet a lot of people in New York like doing stand up who are like, um, they'll, t- they'll sort of like, uh, like try to level with you on shit and go like you know when your door guy talks to you when you're <laughs> just <laughs> trying to get home <laughs> and just on the like between us and everyone listening these people are all UCB students yeah you know when you want to tip 30% but <laughs> you can only tip 25 like yeah yeah Dude, you know when your butler adversity. gives you the wrong kind of caviar so you <laughs> <laughs> yeah Remember so you the, said him in the hole for a week. <laughs> That's like when Krusty the Clown. You remember when Krusty the Clown did stand up, and when he first yeah, tries yeah. it, he's like, "Don't you oh, hate it when the butler?" He <laughs> would kill in Brooklyn right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That iteration of Krusty. Mm. There was this uh, think piece I got in a lot of trouble for talking about on Facebook. That was like, um, you know, this this big like. Did, feminist please angle. tell me it has to do with Krusty the Clown. It has to do with <laughs> Krusty the Clown. <laughs> The and problem I, with Krusty the Clown. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a thing that I thought about the that documentary. Is there's a character on The Simpsons whose name is Old Jewish Man. Like, that's the name of the character. Oh, for real? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, there is. I no, think I know man. who you're talking about. Yeah, so he's got like kind of the he's balding. He was in the old folks' home with grandpa. Yeah. There's one character that's called Mister Sparkle, and he's a Japanese <laughs> stereotype, <laughs> and it's the funniest <laughs> fucking thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. Bumblebee bu- Man too. Yeah, Can Bumblebee you say Man. Bumblebee like, Man is racist. Luigi. The problem, dude. It's What's all Bumblebee it's man? all racist. Trust me, yeah. but like. Dude, Mr. Sparkle is like my favorite Simpsons gag, and I'm probably going to get a tattoo of him. And this chair I'm sitting in just collapsed. <laughs> and that's my cue out, guys. I got to go. Right, it wasn't wrong. a chair you were sitting on. Yeah, it definitely wasn't a chair. It was a <laughs> fucking great. That was cool as hell. Well, um, thanks. Follow me on ACLU Official. There's more <laughs> to this podcast. But, uh, yeah, good to be here. Yeah, let's do plugs before we get into this next part. I'm not sure if I'm going to chop it up or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to talk about Antifa next, which is why uh, Raga was leaving. His, he loves fascists yeah. uh, <laughs> so he's storming out of the room um, no follow Raga at ACLU official I'm at feral jokes you know that um, you are 
I am at Anders Lee here. Uh, check our show out next Friday at Star Bar Paid Protest. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then I have another show, Valentine's Day, at uh, Pete's Candy Store 10. Yeah. Cool. Also, I'm doing a fucking weird dating show at Union Hall on February 7th. Ooh. We're playing a Which is... Oh, that's... Okay. It's a Bachelorette meets comic sh- comedy show. That sounds... Huh. It sounds Great. like something I would do. Yeah. <laughs> it totally fits my personality. So but yeah, you come do down. stand up and then you have to marry we a do, woman? <laughs> yeah, we do like, there's a lady and it's me and three other comics. It's me. Uh, all great comics. Rojo Perez is going to be there. Daniel Simonson and Albert Kirchner. Mm. And we're going to do some games and challenges, maybe some stand-up. And then this lady is going to wow. embarrass us and pick one of us. That's the lineup? Um, Are they expecting the women to keep their clothes on? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this whole thing? It's ridiculous. And you have to get her pregnant? Is that the whole thing? She's looking for an heir? <laughs> yeah, that's that's what ha- that's why she picked all four of us. <laughs> yeah, uh, us, yeah. Uh, blossoming standups. But, uh, it's like Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, Game of Chodes. But uh, <laughs> all right, um, see you guys. Have a good night. Bye, Bye Raghav. Okay. <clears throat> now that Raghav is gone, I'm just kidding. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a pretty light news week. Uh, other than that, what? Elon Musk is selling fucking flamethrowers. You Wait, can, what? Um, you can put... Uh, give that to me. <laughs> <laughs> you can put Nicolas Cage's face in any movie now. Technology's run a, a, amok. Do you not know about the... He's I don't about, know about the flamethrower thing. Elon Musk is apparently selling flamethrowers for like 600 bucks on uh, the internet. Um Someone pointed it out, and then he tweeted out a thing that was like, uh, JK, LOL, the accusations that I am uh, trying to start a zombie apocalypse to sell these flamethrowers are not true. It's like, no one said um, anything about that. Did yeah, he, yeah did he, he just yeah. caught up to 2007 internet humor, like <laughs> yeah. zombie apocalypse jokes. Uh, that guy fucking sucks. Did you hear the other thing he said recently that made me laugh so hard? He, there was this, like, eyes wide shut Silicon Valley type sex party that he was spotted at. Yeah, and he was like, yeah, just I was just hanging out there at the buffet he, or some shit. He said, yeah, he said, I went there thinking it was a costume party. And <laughs> <laughs> at the minute I noticed people were having sex, I promptly left. <laughs> you know why that's so funny is because it could be a complete bullshit lie or completely true. And it's fucking funny either way. Oh, yeah. Like, he could be completely fucking with us. And, you know, he's a tech nerd. Sure, he found some crazy fucking sex party on the internet. Uh, on the other hand, he could be such a dork that he was like, oh, Fidelio, you know? And he, like, <laughs> he thought it was like, we're going to play Mad Libs when I go inside or whatever. <laughs> I brought Settlers of Catan. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
Don't you know how the niggas feel cold and the sun's got so much soul? It's time to taste what you are.